today we are so incredibly blessed and honored that Reverend Colin is here with us. Normally he's on the other side, you know, serving and preaching the Chinese congregation, but he is with us today and we are so blessed that he is with us um, today. Um, and he's going to be preaching the marks of a Christian community. Okay. So I just want to ask everyone to um, flip their Bibles and I think maybe we'll have verses at the top, maybe. <laughs> um, but the reading from today is going to be Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. And it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And that's the word of God. I'll invite Reverend Colin. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. It's actually honor for me to be able to share God's word to you, with you this morning. Uh, as uh, Emma mentioned that normally I'll be on the other side, but uh, I'm so pleased that I'm able to hear this morning to share with you. And uh, I normally don't get to preach to you directly or in English, but this morning I have this opportunity. So I thank you, thank God, and thank you for the oppor opportunity. I think it was Chris, is Chris here this morning? Oh, are you there? <laughs> okay, because uh, he, he arranged me to, to be able to preach this morning, so I thank him as well. Um, sorry, I forgot to charge my, my laptop last night, so I do stay close to this. <laughs> and uh, I printed it off, off this morning, just in case. And uh, So how about we have a word of God, uh, I mean, word of prayer together before we share the word of God. Our dear Lord and Heavenly Father, thank you that we can come together to worship you. You are our God and you are a great God. You are a loving God, you are a just God, you are a holy God. As we come before you, we know that you have called us to be your church, to, your, to, a, to be um, your body, and to witness and to, to celebrate our life and to fulfill the purpose that you have for us. So this morning, as we come together to, to listen to your word and to share your word together, may your Holy Spirit speak to us and also Help us to reflect on our life and our church and please guide us and also to see what and in, how, in what way we can be uh, the, the people that you want us to be. So we commit the following time into your hand. We ask that you speak to us and reach out to our hearts and, and let us all open our heart to listen to, to you at this moment. In Jesus' pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. And um, I don't know what happened normally on a Monday morning. Uh, when you go back to school, go back to work, go back to uni, do you talk to other people? Like, would they say, how was the weekend, you know? Or did you watch the, you know, the, the football? Or how was the, the weather? Or where, where did you go, right? Especially after Easter, people will ask you, you know, what did you do for Easter? Does that happen to you? Yeah? 
So what would you normally tell them? Would you tell them that, oh, I went to church on Sunday, or I went to church on, on, on Easter Sunday or on Good Friday? And, uh, and what, what would you tell them about church? Or some people, they may, not have, may have never been to a church. And they said, oh, okay, I've never been to a church. Can you tell me what is it like? You know, what do you actually do? Uh, do you sit around and sing Kambaya or what, what do you do? You know? so, so I think uh, at that moment, then, we, then what would you say? You say, okay, we come to church. Oh, we have food and we have a bit of singing and we have a bit of, uh, yeah. What would you say to people? If you try to describe our gathering together here at CACV, what would you tell them? Can you think, of, think about it just for a moment? What will you tell them? Can, you, can someone give me an example what you, what you will tell them? Especially to someone that who has never been to a church before. What would, what would you say to, to them? What do you do at church? Worship God, okay. Now, what does that mean to what? What does that look like to a non-Christian or non-believer? What 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 do you mean by? Do we actually light up those incense and you know, especially you know the Chinese they, they you know, they they worshiping God is quite different to you know what happens here. So how would you explain to them? What do we do? Fellowship. Okay. Now this word is very interesting. To us, we know fellowship is, right? Do we? Or do we? When we said fellowship service, Emerald mentioned that, oh, today is a very special, we have fellowship service. That means we have food. Does that, is that what, what it means to be a fellowship service, that we have food? <laughs> okay, so every Sunday we go out, go out to Yamcha and then we have food. Is that fellowship? <laughs> okay, all right, so fellowship. So how do you explain fellowship to a non-Christian? Do life together, okay, all right. So, so you have the word life and together. So it's something that we share, something common, something that is deep inside us, something that we have conviction, that we believe in, that, we, that is important to us, that is precious to us, right? Life, right? It's not just material or, you know, things. So that, that's, that's good. So what else would you tell them? Learn from, learn from God's word. Yeah, that's a very important part of our gathering, right? So we read the God, word of God, we listen or we study, we have Bible study, we have preaching or sermon, and we learn it from here, and hopefully it will go into here. So we not only learn, we try to remember, and then we obey to apply it into our life. So that's all part of God's word, right? Not just, you know, stick in the head and, and have some kind of uh, information. We have to, from the information and being transformed, transformation and transform our life. Okay, so that's all very good. What else do we do when we come together? We pray. That's very good. Now, uh, this morning, I think Emma led to pray before the service. And then I think Hong also 
pray, uh, uh, let us to pray together, and I, 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 I say a word of prayer together before the sermon. Yeah. And did you pray personally, or we, do we come together to pray, or do, what, what things do we pray for? Right? That these are the things that we can think about as we live our Christian life together. Now, this morning, we uh, thank you, Emma, for reading the, the passage with us. There was only six verses. So compared to last week when Tony preached, how many verses did you get? <laughs> Very, a lot. <laughs> well, today, I only have six verses. But these six verses actually describe the early church to us, right? It tells us what the early church was, was like at the very beginning, like about 2,000 years ago, when the church first started. So it's interesting that it's 2,000 years ago, but it means, doesn't mean that it's out of date. doesn't mean that it's not relevant anymore. In fact, we should be checking ourselves to see whether we are still doing what we are supposed to do, and we still have the same characteristic and the mark of a Christian church, right? We are not just a, a group of, like, the majority of us, sorry, but uh, we are, majority are, are Asian or Chinese, right? But, but that, does, that doesn't characterize us as a church, right? We are more than just the same culture or same, uh, and from the same background and so on, or same language. In fact, I remember when I went to uni many years ago, right, we have the Hong Kong society, we have the Chinese uh, student society. So we, we try to characterize ourselves by, by our nationality or where we came from, our, our background, and so on. Those people also have a lot of food when they gather together, right? We used to have barbecue and go to you know, horse riding and have camp and so on. A lot of those things, but I would not characterize that kind of activities as fellowship or a, a, a Christian gathering or a church, right? So when we look at this passage, even though it's only six verses, it actually tells us a lot of what a church should be like. And in fact, I didn't use the word church. Have you noticed that I didn't say the marks of the, the church? Right? I said the mark of a Christian community. Because sometimes, I think today especially, when we talk about church, people outside the church have a, a kind of uh, uh, an impression or wrong concept of what the church is. They will think of, what first of all, what, what do they think of? That's right, they think of a building. Oh, the church at Burwood, or the church at Box Hill, or the church at, you know. So they think of a location, a church building, a place. And sometimes they will think of a denomination. Oh, this is a Baptist church, this is an Anglican church, this is uh, Alliance church, and so on. And or they, they will think of an organization, or they will think of an institution. They will think of a lot of uh, rules and regulations. Or they will think of, uh, maybe even think of people who are really old-fashioned and out of touch. You know, those, only those people will go to church. So there's a lot of wrong impression or ex uh, 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 idea of, about what a church is. In fact, what is a church? When we are gathered together, okay. Now, so the important part is not the building. It's not the place. It's the people, right? And what's so special about these people? Follow of follow Christ, yes? Sorry? 
The body of Christ? Yes. In fact, the word church originally means it's a group of people just called out together. All right? So, in fact, the word church, the first time it appeared in the Bible, can anyone tell me? Where, when did the word church first appear in the Bible? It's in Acts. It, has, it hasn't appeared in Acts yet so far, right? So that is one of the reasons why I did not use the word church either. But the first time the word church appeared was in Matthew. He, Jesus said to the disciples, said, I will build my church. And that's the first time that appeared in the, in the, in the New Testament, right? So the church is the people. In fact, the word church is not only monopoly by the church or the Christian church. The word church originally means people coming out together. It's like a town hall meeting, right? So when, when you have a society or, or people, they can gather together. And that's the word church, originally the Greek word. That's what it means as well. So we took over that word to mean when God called us out together from this world into his kingdom. So we are his people. We are followers of Christ and we worship him and then we become his body, Jesus' body. So when people see us, they see Jesus. They see we are representative of Jesus in this world. So we are a special kind of people because we are called into God's kingdom. So when we gather together and we, we share the same value, we share the same uh, beliefs, and we share, most important of all, is our Lord Jesus Christ. He is our Lord, and he's, he's coming to the, per he's the our Savior, right? We have that special relationship with him because on, on the cross, Jesus died for us, and he redeemed us, and he forgave our sins as we trust in him. So we have this kind of same common belief and conviction. That's why we gather together. Like, today is a very beautiful day, right? I'm sure there's a lot of things that a lot of people want to do right, in this kind of weather, right? Right? You may be thinking about it now, actually. What will I do after the service? Then I'll go and, 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 and enjoy, enjoy the, the, the beautiful uh, uh, sun and weather, right? But we, we let that and wait, and then we come here together. Because what? Because we see this is important. We have this conviction that it's important for us to gather together. As we come together, there's a, there's a reason for it. So all of these things is described in these little six verses here, that we can see what a, a, a Christian community, uh, a group of people, that will gather together and what will we, what, what will we do. Okay? So let, let's um, have a look at the, those verses and again and and see, oh, oh, should be pointing to this side. Okay. Okay, now, verse 42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Okay, in fact, I think those people who answered me before, what we do, you actually remember some of the things that is described here. What are some of the things here? The apostles' teaching. And what do they teach? Okay. The word of God. Okay. And fellowship. We, we talk, I think almost Hong, Hong mentioned about fellowship, right? And then we are saying that we are a special kind of people sharing our life together because we have the same, same common belief. Okay. 
and breaking of bread. Okay? What is breaking of bread? What does that mean? Hmm? Holy communion, okay. Alright. And what does that mean? What does, why do we do it? Sorry? Same core belief, okay. Now, when body of Christ, when we have a holy communion, very often we say, we, we will read the passage from First Corinthians, and we'll say, uh, on, on, the, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and broke it, and blessed after, you know, uh, uh, saying grace, he said, this is my body, was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So, it is, in a way, a way that we remember what Jesus did for us by sacrificing himself, dying for us. So when we break the bread, it's not just a, 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 a tradition, or it's just because we are hungry, we want to have something to eat, or you know, it's just it's something to do. It's actually to remember, remember why we are here, what, what Jesus has done for us, and why is that important to us. And also, every time when we do it, we are actually declaring that Jesus has died for us, that, but we are also saying that we are waiting for him to come back. Because we only do, need to remember someone when we are not exactly with that someone, when we are away from that. Like for example, when Abina went to Hong Kong, I think Gary was sort of like waiting, longing for Abina to come back, right? And then maybe pick out his photo and, 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 and uh, her photo and, and, and then to try to remember what she looks like, you know. <laughs> right? So, so we only try, we want to remember when, when she's, well, Gary remember when, when she's not there. But you, when, when Abina is there, Gary don't need to try to remember. He can just look at her face right next to her, him, right? So we, we have holy communion together or breaking the bread is so that we remember what Jesus has done but at the same time, we are, by faith, trusting that Jesus is coming back and that we are longing for that, that day to happen. And while we're waiting, we declare that we are God's people together. So Holy Communion normally should be done together because the word communion has got that sense of togetherness already. Only on very, very occasion, maybe when we were in isolation because of COVID, then we have only communion at home by ourselves, right? But otherwise, we should be doing it together to remind us that we are all body of Christ. Jesus broke his body for us, the bread broke his body for us, so that we all broken people can be joined together in one to be his body and to represent him in the world. So that is also very important. And also, they devoted themselves to prayer. Okay. All right. Would you say that we, or yourself, devote yourself to prayer? What, what does devoted look like to you? When we say you, you are devoted to something, what does it mean? Sorry, I'm, I, 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 I have to look at you guys as well. I don't want to miss you. What does it mean, like when you are devoted to something? Spend a lot of time. Okay, that's good. Yeah. And what else? Prioritize. Yes, that's important. Yep. Yeah. Time. 
priority. Intentional. Yep, that's right. Now, I, I sometimes I ask people, uh, what you know, what what is their prayer life? Prayer life like, okay, I, I pray before my meals, right? You know, before you know, say grace, and maybe I I pray before I go to bed, and and or I I pray you know before before exams, right? <laughs> we we very often we associate prayer with like a need I I need something, I want something, and so I pray. But if we look at prayer, we will probably need to spend maybe a lot of sermons to talk about prayer. But here, what it reminds us is we need to spend time to pray together. Right? And, and I think this is something that perhaps we can do a lot more together. And devoted means we, we do it a lot and we do it intentionally, often, and we see the importance of it. And so we will not leave it until the end of the day when we want to pray and then we fall asleep, right? So, so I think we will need to do prayer a lot better in order to, to demonstrate that we see the importance of it. If we say it's important, but if we don't do it, then we really we, don't, we are not saying that it's that important, okay? So straight away on that even first verse, it mentioned about four things, right? The first one is the apostle teaching, okay? Now, okay, the apostles teaching, I, I forgot to mention, what did they teach? What did the apostles teach? Hmm? What they learned from Christ. Remember, at that time, there's, there's no New Testament yet, right? So they don't have a New Testament like what we have in front of them to say, okay, let's read from Acts chapter 2, verse 42, right? So they will have to learn by word of mouth, by preaching and sharing and talking, and also from memory, right, of what Jesus said to them. Because at that time, even the gospel hasn't been written down. So a lot of them is from their, 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 their memory, right? But they did not only preach the New Testament or what they learned from Jesus, they also taught the Old Testament. Even though they didn't have the New Testament, but they had the Old Testament. So if you remember what um, Tony preached on or Chris preached on the last two times, there was a lot of things referred from the Old Testament, right? I think it was mentioned about the, in, in the book of Job, the, the prophecy, and also about uh, David, um, uh, uh, and so on. So, so there's a lot of things in the Old Testament already pointing to Jesus, the Messiah. Okay, now, but before we go into all those things, I actually skipped a very important word and forgot to ask you. The first word, they. Who's they? Who's, who are these people? Who are they? The community? Yeah, okay. Who are in this community? Who are the people? Sorry? All the believers, yes. Okay, can, can someone give me a rough number? How many people were there? Now, if you listen to Tony's message last week, at the very end, oh, where's the thing? 
the verse before 42, okay, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And then he said, they devoted. So that day is actually those people joining the community, those 3,000 people who joined the Christian community, who were baptized because they accepted whose message? Peter's message, right? Peter was preaching to them, right? Peter preached to them and they accepted the message. What was the message? What was the message? Well, I'm not going to repeat the whole, whole sermon that <laughs> Chris preached on. But the last verse in there, it was saying that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucify, both Lord and Messiah. So that's the essence of what Peter was telling them. Jesus was crucified for our sins. He is our Lord. He is our Messiah. Messiah means the Savior, right? So he came to save us. He died on the cross for our sins so that our sins can be forgiven. And if we put our trust in him, then we can become his children and we can enter his kingdom. So when, when Peter preached his message to those Peter, people, those people, when they heard the message, they were cut to their heart. That means they were convicted. They convicted that they were the one that who killed Jesus or crucified Jesus. They were the one that who did not acknowledge Jesus was the Savior, the Messiah. And then they nailed him to, on the cross. And they knew that they are the sinners who need forgiving. So when they asked Peter what they should do, Peter told them that you should repent and be baptized. And every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, first thing, you have to repent. In order to repent, you have to know that we have sinned. We have acknowledged that we are sinners. We have done something wrong. We have not honoured God the way that we should honour Him, worship Him the way that we should worship Him, to follow Him, Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, that let Him be our, the King of our life, to rule and for, obey His rule and his, his guidance. If we haven't done that, we need to repent and turn back to God. So that's the first thing. Acknowledge our sin and repent. And be baptised. Now, to be baptised, what does that mean? How many of you have been baptised here? Okay. Come on, there's nothing to be ashamed of. <laughs> All right. So quite a lot of you, right? So why did you get baptised? Right? There's some of you haven't been baptised. Why haven't you been baptised? So we need to ask that question. If this is the first step that we need to take in order to enter God's kingdom and into the Christian community, then we need to think about it if we haven't. We need to repent. Do we acknowledge Jesus as our Lord and Saviour? And if we do, we need to be baptised. If we believe in Jesus, we be baptised so that we acknowledge that He is our Lord and we want to do it as a witness and also as, as obedience that we are wanting to follow Him. In fact, this afternoon, I'm going to start to have a conversation with one of our brothers here about getting baptised. Right? So if you are interested, you can come and see me too. Maybe I'll just, you can just join us if you want to. Last week, I had a chance to talk to a sister in, on, on the Chinese side. Today, you'll be on the English side. 
So if you want to get baptized, you need to understand why and the meaning behind it. You don't just, I don't just put down you in the water and then so and that's, that, 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 just do it. But we need to understand the reason, okay? So repent and believe in Jesus and be baptized in the name of Jesus, okay? And then what's the consequence? What's the outcome? Is we will receive the forgiveness of our sins. We will be set free from the bondage, the sin that has been controlling us, or the price of the sin has been paid because when we trust in Jesus. So we can receive the forgiveness. And we also receive what? It's on there. What's the next one? The gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what we've been talking about from the beginning of Acts, right? And that's the exciting part of studying Acts together. Is to see when Jesus promised that when we wait, and then the, when the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost, that we will receive the Holy Spirit. And this gift is promised to you and your children and all who are far off and all whom the Lord our God will call. So it's not just for the people in Jerusalem. It's not just for the Israelites or the Jews. It's also for us who are far away. As long as we believe and willing to repent and be baptized and believe in Jesus, then we will receive this gift. Do, do you know that you have this gift in you already? If you do, then our life can be transformed and be totally different. We won't be relying on our own strength to do things. As we serve and we, as we do things, it's not on our own ability. It's through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So all these are very, very important. And these are the people, the 3,000 people, 3,000 of them did just that on that day. And then they joined the initial Christian community who had been praying and waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. At that time, there was about 100, 120 people. And then on that day, 3,000 joined them. So imagine how many people have we got here? The whole church, including the Chinese, maybe 150, 160 or something. Imagine suddenly we have 3,000 people join us. Okay, what will it look like? What will it look like? I think it will be very messy. We will run out of space, we run out of toilet, we run out of food. All those things will happen, right? So when, when that kind of thing happens, what would normally people do? They will complain, right? Oh, you know, I didn't, I didn't get to, to have the last corn or someone, someone ate the, the muffin or something. I don't know what, what Ambo had prepared today, right? Would that be enough for 3,000 people? <laughs> no. So suddenly you have 3,000 people joining the community. What are you going to do? Right? Instead of complaining, they were sharing. Instead of complaining, they were actually inviting people to their home and sharing meals together. They, some of them even sell their things so that they can support and help those who are needy. So, what, what on earth would people do that? Why would people do that? Because they have a new heart. They have a new love for God. They have a new love for others. Because they have experienced Jesus' love in their life. 
Now that, that, that's what the Christian community looks like. And they were willing to welcome people into their small circle. These 3,000 people, in fact, if you, if you look back a little bit further, oh, sorry. If you look back to verse 5, where this is the part I think Chris preached on, these people were from every nation under heaven. In fact, you, you, and they, they had different own they speak their own language. And the reason why they came was because they heard the apostles who were speaking in tongues and speaking in their own language. So they were amazed, and so they came and listened and looked, and then so they heard the gospel, right? So these people were from all over the place. They speak different languages, different background, different culture. Just like, you know, uh, in, uh, United Nations. Now, when, when people are different to coming together, very often we will have some kind of conflict, some kind of uh, um, maybe differences. And, and in fact, it's quite natural. That's why it used to be called a Chinese church, because we identify ourselves as Chinese. But the reason why we changed our name to Christian Alliance is we say we are not just Chinese, we are God's people. We want to be open and welcoming to all nationality. And, and this is our intention, right? But it hasn't happened a lot, right? We only see it. <laughs> the majority of, of us are, are still Asian. But the intention is we should not be exclusive. We should be welcoming. We should be welcoming people with different languages, from different backgrounds, from different places. And these are, this was what was happening in the early Christian church, the Christian community. And when they come together, even though there were so many people, they were, they were able to have the same focus. They weren't want to learn the word of God together, so they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles. They want to share. They, they, they were able to share and, and break the bread together and fellowship and also prayer together. And so the, these are the things that if we are serious about being a Christian community or a church, we should be looking at. So I encourage you, I know that some of you are starting to become uh, leaders in the different fellowship groups, small groups. As you plan uh, activities, you plan a meeting or plan something together, do we have these kind of ingredients or activities in it? Studying the Word of God together, having life-sharing kind of fellowship together, having, uh, in, in terms of breaking the bread, you can look at it as worship as well, because that's the time when we are worshiping God together. And later on, he mentioned about praising God, and prayer as well is when we are together worshiping God and prayer. So it's not just food or just game that is important to bind us together. There's more important things that join us together. And that is all those things that we just mentioned. And in order to that, see that happen, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit. We're not doing out of our own strength, our own ability, and our natural talent. It's because we have received the gift of the Holy Spirit in us. Then that's why we, we can do it. So I hope that at least you can remember this 
these things, right? That is in this passage here. By the way, how much time have I got? No, 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 not much? <laughs> okay, all right. So I'll, I'll continue on. So, so remember these people, oh, sorry. And verse 43, he talk about the wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Okay, now, I can imagine, I can already hear people saying, all right, Pastor Colin, can you perform some wonders and, and signs now? <laughs> okay, and maybe if we perform some wonders and signs, people will come and believe, right? Have you ever thought of that? So, what kind of wonders and, and signs are we talking about here? Miracles? Yes, it can be miracles, right? If you continue to study the book of Acts, you see that there were people who would not walk, can start walking again. Even dead people was risen from the dead as well. But th those are not the, the majority of times. They are, in fact, it happens, but it's not every, every, every day you see that happen. But the actual wonders and signs, wonders and signs in the Bible, actually, very often, what, what is a sign, right? A sign, like when you turn into Livingstone clothes this morning, I'm sure you, you've been here many times, but for the first time, like for example, Connie and, and, and Danny, you came only just recently, right? The first time that you came to our church, I'm sure you'll probably be looking for that sign say, Livingstone clothes, where do I turn, right? Because you caught the train and the bus and the tram and the, I think you have to, like, you know, how many times do you have to train before you can get here? Uh, three times, right? Okay. So, so you, I'm sure that you were looking for that sign, okay? And the sign points you to the church. Now, wonders and signs can be things that point us to God. The things that you see in the Christian community, the way that we share, the way that we love one another can be a sign for people to see. In fact, what Jesus said is, because if we love one another, people will know that we are his disciples, right? So if we live the way that we should be living and we see these signs and characteristics in our life and in our community, in fact, we don't need a sign to say this is the CACV church up this living stone close. People will be drawn to here. In fact, I think we have a lot of neighbours here often look at our church, they walk around or walk past it every day they will wonder, what do they do in there? But they've never been inside the church. They have never joined our worship or fellowship. How would they know? We need to be able to reach out to those people. In fact, further on in this passage, it talks about they were actually receiving new people into the church, right? So, they were, when they gathered together, they gathered together and they, they share everything in common. They sold properties and possessions to give anyone who had in need. Imagine that happens. A lot of people will draw to the church. In fact, just recently, recently that there's, a, there's a neighbor came to our church and uh, she said, She's not well herself, she's old, an elderly lady. 
and she had a caretaker. Uh, she had like, this kind of a carer, carer, and the carer has to be uh, away for two weeks, and the daughter is sick, so nobody is going to, to buy food for her. So she came to our church, and two of our brothers took a shopping list of things that we, we that, that that she need, and then went to the supermarket and bought it for her, and then deliver to, to, to her door. Like, this kind of help can demonstrate Christians' love to other people. In fact, I don't know whether you know, the, the, the people living around this area, a lot of them are disadvantaged people. Even though Burwa is a very expensive area, but there's a few, uh, quite a number of Department of Human Services and housing people living around this area. And very often, they, they are in need and during the pandemic, we, we have delivered uh, some masks or food parcel to them. And in fact, even before the pandemic, Emerald used to have the food ministry once a month. Was it once a month? Yeah, once a month. And some, some of the neighbors will come and enjoy the food and the chat together and sometimes. In fact, I think they're looking forward to the day that we will start again. <laughs> All right? But if we continue to open our door, invite them to our carols by candlelight, or we, like in Easter and Christmas, we reach out to the kindergarten, the little children there, then people will be able to see the love that we have, the sharing that we are willing to, to do, and the generosity, the hospitality that we have. But it all starts with ourselves, not just someone else, but each one of us. We're willing to talk to them. In fact, I just last week I had an opportunity to talk to one of the helpers, taking care of this, this neighborhood. They are planning for a community expo to help the people in this area. They are going to bring in the food, uh, a food bank, the people from food bank, so uh, to, to let them know of this um, uh, service that they provide. And, and also they want to introduce them to some kind of uh, internet and technology. A lot of these people don't have internet, right? And I think some of you will know about the $250 that you can claim back from the government for the, the electricity and the gas. How many of you have done that already? Right, some of you have done it already. Some these people don't have internet. How will they do it? They don't know how to do it. So they will have people here who can help them to do that. To help them. So even though to, to us, oh, $250, or I can clear up my phone and I can do it myself. But some of these people don't know how to do it. And they need people to help them. And also, uh, we have the community garden that has been, uh, the, they, they have set up, and we want volunteers to help with the garden. And on that day, they're looking for volunteers to help po uh, cook some food, sausage sisu, something simple, but so that people will come and enjoy the lunch together. And also, a lot of people, since the pandemic, were afraid to get out of their house. They were afraid and alone at home. And this is one of the ways that they're trying to draw people out back and join the community. I'm not even talking about a Christian community yet, just a community of people. But we are part of this community. As a church, we are actually sitting right in, front, in the middle of this community of people. So if any of you want to participate and help, and with this, this it's going to be on the 6th of June, right? So if you're interested to help, it's a Friday, so some of you may have to work, but if you are free, let me know and I'll see what we can do together. Maybe we can, um, someone can, can bring in a, a, a barbecue, 
uh, thing, and then we can do the short residual or, or do some sandwiches together. Okay? Would that be, be a good thing to do? Yeah? Okay. All right. Let's continue, okay? So they, they, they show their, their uh, generosity, and also they, every day they continue to meet together in the temple court. So they meet sort of like in the church, as well as they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. That means they are meeting every time, all the time, every day. They get together. All right. Church does not stop on 11.30 or 12.30 or it's already 11.30, right? Church does not stop at 12.30. It's actually every day, any hours. We are the church, okay? So we can gather together anytime. We don't have to just only gather at the church building. We can gather at people's home. If we have a space, we have time, we have the resources, then we can share. And then we do it with glad and sincere heart. We do it joyfully, lovingly. And it's not, you know, a burden. In fact, we are welcoming people into our home and share our life. In fact, to share life together is a very good thing. But in order to do that, sometimes there's something inconvenient. Like you have to welcome people into your home. You have to maybe to see what's in the fridge and then, and then start preparing some meal, right? So, but I think if you can do that, this is what a church community will really look like. And I look forward to the day we can become a lot more like the church described it in these six verses, okay? And then when they do together, they're praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And that's the one I was talking about before. When we worship God, we have this relationship with God. But we are also having a healthy and also good relationship with the people around us. So it's not just, oh, I love God and God loves me and that's good and that's enough. We actually demonstrate that our love expands to the people. And the people enjoy the favor of all people. The people see that these are the people who are willing to help others. So when they have need, they will come to them. Right? And then, when, they come to, when, when they come to them, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So they're not here just for the physical help. They were being saved. That means they were actually added into God's kingdom. They start to believe in Jesus. They start to, to understand the Bible. And they, the, the, the disciples continue to mentor them, disciple them. And the circle starts again. So it starts off with 120 people, adding 3,000 people, and then from then on, continue to add, and, and, and more people continue to, to be added to, the, to, to them. So it is a very exciting thing that can happen. But it has to start somewhere. It all started when the disciples were willing to, first of all, pray and wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And when the Holy Spirit came, they were obedient to reach out to those people. And they were willing to tell the people the gospel. Not just give them food, not just to, you know, uh, get it together, but tell them the gospel about Jesus Christ, who's the Lord and Savior. And then when they did that together, the people repented and was baptized and then were saved and then they received the Holy Spirit. And then that circle continued. And that is the reason why we're here. God called us to be a Christian community. A Christian community supposed to grow. It's not going to be the same every year. 
I, I, I hate to admit that our church hasn't grown that much. We have stayed the same, more or less, you know, around the same number. I, a lot of people say number is not the most important. Yes, I know that number is quite important. But whether we are healthy, healthy people will grow. Healthy baby will cry. Healthy baby will grow up. They will not same, say, say the same, right? So, so same as healthy church. A healthy church will grow, right? So if we are together, we are healthy, and we are learning the will of God and being obedient, our life will transform. And I hope that I pray that. Every day, that our life will be transformed. And we can't do it ourselves. It's not just by... So I, I, I don't want to give the people the wrong impression, oh, we're waiting for a new pastor, and hope, hopefully one, when, when that, that new pastor comes, then everything will be okay. No, it's not through one pastor that it's going to be, be changed. It's through each one of us. When we do that, then our life, our church, our community will change. And it will affect not just the people inside the building, it will affect the people around the church as well. And I pray that you will be praying for that too. And you will be excited about that. Imagine you, you, this weekend, you are not here at CACV. Imagine this weekend, you were at Jerusalem, joining this church, at Jerusalem, you saw 3,000 people here singing, praising God, praying together, listening to the apostle preaching and sharing food and having a good time, fellowship. And then you go home on the Monday morning when you tell your friends and, and colleagues, what did, what, what did you do on the weekend? You say, well, I've been to the most exciting church this weekend. They will be excited too. They will want to come to to see what you are explaining to them, right? And I, I pray that we will be willing to witness. So that is something that I want to help you remember today's message. I'm, I think I'm running out of time because I want to reserve some time for the sandwiches, okay? Because I, today is supposed to be the fellowship service, so we need to have food, right? <laughs> now, in order to help you remember what you learned today, first of all, the 120... Christian, welcome the 3,000 into the, into the new community. Welcoming, W. Okay? Secondly, when they come together, they worship God. They praise God, they pray, they break bread together, they have baptism, they worship together. Worship, W. And then, they, when they come together, they listen to the apostles' teaching. What did the apostles teach? The Word of God. Word, W. How many W so far? What's the first one? Welcoming. Second one? Worship. Third one? Okay, the next one. Can someone guess what's the next one? Now, you know, many of you came to church this morning by cars, right? Right? How many wheels on the car? Three, two, four. So we're missing one wheel. The first wheel, W, is welcoming. Second wheel is worshipping. Third wheel is word of God. And fourth, W, is witnessing. We are willing to share with others, outsiders, people. Witness, tell other people about God. Share the love with other people. So in order to have a healthy church, you need to have these four W's. 
in order for a fellowship to grow, you need to have these four W's. But in which W, there's a lot of different things as well. But if you remember just these four W's, it will help us to organize things and plan things together and do things together. When you have a fellowship, when you have a small group, when you have a gathering, do we worship God together? Do we pray together? Do we study the Word of God together? Do we share love with other people? Do we invite other people to come? If you see a newcomer coming to the church, do you go up and talk to them, introduce yourself to them? All these are welcoming and inviting people to, 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 to come to the church. So I said, when the Holy Spirit transform our, transform our lives, we have a new love for God, we have a new love for the people, and also we have a new love for the world. And when you have that, it won't be the same. And I pray together this morning I, that we will be longing to have that desire, to have that conviction and that belief that we want to do this together. And if you have any question about what I talked about this morning, if you don't understand why do we need to do that, why we, do we need to repent, or why do we need to get baptized, why do we pray or have, uh, break the bread, come and see me or come to see any of the leaders. I know we have some younger people here. If you, if you want to know more and, uh, and, and learn more, we need to study the Word of God together. And that is what we're here about. So let's have a word of prayer together. Okay. Well, the pianist continue to play. I want to, if you have heard God's word speak to you this morning. Those, he said, if, if that's your desire, you want to devote yourself to the word of God, to God's teaching and to obey Him. You want to devote yourself to the fellowship and share this love to one another. And you want to pray and ask God, what can I do for you today? Instead of just asking God to do something for you. If you want to be part of this Christian community, this church, this body of Christ, if you want to make any commitment or any response to God, I invite you to pray to God directly yourself, in your heart now, or open your mouth, pray. Say to Jesus, say, I'm here. I, ex I experience your love in my life. You have forgiven my sin. I'm cleansed and forgiven. I have received your new life. I belong to you now. I'm part of this body. May your Holy Spirit empower me. Give me strength and courage to share this love to others. If there's any sins in me that is stopping this happening, I pray that I'll turn away from those sins. I'll turn to you now. Pray to God. Open your heart to Him. He knows where you are. He knows your thoughts. He knows your needs. But you need to also respond to Him too. He's willing to speak to you if, you only, if you're willing to listen. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you have reminded us once again what a Christian community looks like. 
you have called us together this morning for a purpose to be part of this community part of your kingdom and I pray that your Holy Spirit will sow your seed into our hearts that we are willing to put those words into action we are willing to suffer ourselves and if there's anything that is holding us back we ask that we will let it go we want, want to surrender to you and obey and to turn to you please continue to speak to us as we're going to have fellowship together help us to open our little circle be more inclusive of other people to be willing to really hear other people's need and if there's anything I can help or, or pray help us to do it right away and help us to bless the people around us our neighbours the people living around the church help us to share this love so that they can know there's a God who loves them and love them very much and there's hope there's hope and they don't need to live alone or live in despair and worry they can join join into your body your community so I commit each one of us into your hand and we ask that your spirit will come and do the work that you want to do in our life we want to listen and surrender to you now Thank you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.